Hi guys, it's Tony Robbins. You're listening to Habits and Hustle. Crush it. This is one of those interviews where, you know, I wear your I wear your aura ring yeah. and I I really like it and it's not I, I that's really why kind of part of my excitement for actually speaking to you. So, cuz a lot of these different wearables and a lot of different technology companies in the wellness space, so to speak, like you use it and then it kind of like, eh, you know, you kind of like use it for a week or two and then you kind of get like annoyed with it or bored with it. And then I put it, I do anyway, and then I put it away. Yeah. Right. And with yours or I, I, I forget it's there. So it's, it's, it's perfect. In fact, I forget it's there so much where it's like I don't see my readings. I forget to even charge it half the time. <laughs> um, well, well, uh, yeah. Look, we hear that from people all the time, like telling us they forget it's even there. And frankly, that's part of the reason we chose the ring form factor. It's just so much more convenient. You know, they call them wearables, right? But uh, right, Kara Swisher. You know, she on one of her like early days of wearables days, she called them unwearables. She's like, these things are such a big pain in the ass, right? Like, she's like, I never, I never wear it with a dress. She's like, I never wear this when I'm going out to charge it every night. And she, she also is a fan of the ring and she's like, I, this is great. I charge it like once a week. It's fantastic. Um, you know, and this is like the first thing to your point, like it's almost the ultimate habit. You know, everyone's going to try to sleep tonight. Um, and everyone, you know, it affects how they feel and perform the next day. So oh, absolutely. And like, we just, um, yeah. So like, why don't I just cool. introduce who you are and I'll yeah. do like a later, but like, basically we have Harpreet Singh Rai or Ray. How do you pronounce your name? Rai, like the bread or the whiskey. Oh, Rai yeah. or the whiskey. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm a bread lover. So I'm going to say Rai. I'm going to go with that. Cool. Uh, and you're the CEO, CEO of Aura Health and your product is the Aura Ring, which, you know, I've been telling you about. And, you know, you're basically it's, I'm a big fan of it. And I'd love for you to kind of explain, like, I didn't realize that the company has been around, what, since 2013, right? And yeah. Finnish company? Yeah. Um, yep. No, I was going to say, and you, just, and you came on board as the CEO, like, in 2017. Uh, so I guess my first question really is, number one, how did you get involved? What's your background? Um, explain to people what Aura Health is what the if you don't know what the aura ring is i mean we're going to get into all of that um and you know it's kind of like me i feel like it's kind of like become very popular as of late but it's been around like to my point like what i said like for seven eight years already yeah um well look thanks for having me on the show um so appreciate that and, and everything you do um so in, in in terms of the company yeah we company started we started in 2013 um, we didn't, we actually, this is our second generation product, um, to your point, the one that's, you know, getting a lot more popular now. Our first generation product launched at the end of 2015 on a Kickstarter. We really started shipping in earnest in 2016. Um, and I got involved because I was one of the first thousand customers that literally bought the product, um, was really impressed with it. And, and, you know, like you were sort of talking about before, I've tried probably seven, eight different wearables and, you know, probably tried a hundred things for our health, um, right? Mm-hmm. And like, this was the first thing that actually stuck. And it was actually, you know, sleep, I guess I, I you know, started to realize is the ultimate hustle, but we'll, we'll get into that later. Um, so yeah, I, I actually bought the ring. It was the first ring or wearable that really focused on sleep and recovery versus just like 
how many steps in a day? And um, I sort of just got hooked. And I happened to meet one of the co-founders at, at a Whole Foods. He was wearing an O-ring t-shirt. Uh, the company started in Finland. There were probably like 10 people at this time. Um, and uh, this must have been May of 2016. Um, so they just started shipping a Kickstarter. I, I don't even think all the units were shipped. And, um, you know, he's wearing this Aura t-shirt. My girlfriend goes up to him, you know, starts talking to him. And he's like a little confused guy from Finland. Like, why is this stranger talking to me? And then I'm like looking for my, you know, my girlfriend. Cause I'm like, where, you know, where is she? And I see her talking to this guy. And, um, and then I go up to, to join a conversation and he's like, oh, the Aura ring. He's like, that's the first Aura ring I've seen outside the office. Um, so first he was like, you know, company was really early days. Um, and they were just getting started. And um, as you, you know, my, my background, as you asked, so I studied electrical engineering. I, I was a tech nerd in, in high school and college. I specifically studied MEMS sensors, which is like all these wearable sensors. Um, I went to University of Michigan, big, big Michigan fan, go blue. Um, and, um, <laughs> I love uh, it. <laughs> and, uh, well, I'm Canadian and I lived in Toronto for many years. So I, that's, I, I mean, we, I, people would come to Toronto. It's very close. And uh, yeah. of course, yeah. Winter, yeah. right? Winter. A hundred percent. Exactly. Um, Windsor exactly. Casino. Everyone used to go there. Right? That's so, right. Yeah. When, <laughs> in college before you were 21. Um, exactly. But, um, so I, I, I met the co-founder and, you know, long story short with me, I, I, I did, you know, electrical engineering. I was graduating in 2006 from 2007. I was like halfway through my master's and I'm not finishing it at Michigan. Um, I decided to go into investment banking, mainly because I had a bunch of student debt. It was a financial boom. I had some friends in the business school that are like making fun of me. They're like, you know, you're like definitely way smarter than us, but we're going to make like twice as much as you are. My sister is living in New York City. I grew up in New Jersey. So I was like, everyone wants to be in New York City. Right. Um, and there was no real engineering jobs in New York City back in, you know, mid 2000, like Facebook, Google, all these companies didn't have offices there yet. Um, and so I, I go do banking. Um, my first year, I get no sleep. I gained 50 pounds. You know, I'm like five five, five, six with my turban uh, is what I like to tell people. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I really get into my health, you know, so that was like 2008. I leave. Um, I was at Morgan Stanley, the m and group. I leave. I joined a hedge fund, actually. And they were mainly focused on tech media and telecom investing. So it was a little bit of my background with tech along right. with, you know, along with um, obviously some some new stuff I learned in banking and finance. Uh, I ended up staying there a long time, nine years. I you know, got promoted to portfolio manager, you know, and uh, luckily got to focus and lead a lot of our tech investments um, uh, at the fund. And, you know, so I knew a lot about now the business side of it, like how to make successful businesses. And I obviously knew the technology side. That's what I studied in college and the health side. So after gaining 50 pounds, I, you know, 2009, I think is when I first went on my first keto diet and then intermittent fasting right after, um, you know, started just tracking everything. I used to weigh my food every day. Um, wow. People in the office thought I was nuts. I tracked everything in a spreadsheet, every meal, every exercise I did for two years. Um, and ended up losing about, I think it went from like 190 to 135. That was probably like peak. And that was almost a little too light for me. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah that's a lot of weight. So I guess um, the keto and intermittent actually worked for you. It, it did. I, you know, I, I did hit a plateau. So mm-hmm. I eventually went to like car and I was working out a ton. Um, and I eventually went to like carb cycling. But frankly, mm. the, the thing that I I still like a lot of people hit fitness plateaus. And like most of us, right, right you're, you're normally professional in something else other than sports, right? We're a professional, right? Entrepreneur, you're a professional, you know, 
analyst or portfolio manager at a hedge fund, right? Right. And, and so what do you do? You, you happen to short cut out, you know, you want to have, you want to work hard, you want to play hard, you want to have a good social life. But what was I cutting out a lot still was sleep. And when I got the aura ring, it was the first thing where I started realizing like, holy cow, I really started then tracking my sleep, you know, very easily through this that I started to realize the days I sleep better, I'm actually performing better in the gym. I'm getting more done at work. You know, I, I still do use a to-do list and was just cranking through stuff. I was in a better mood. I was better like, you know, dog yeah. owner. I was like, took my dog on more walks. <laughs> I was more present with her. I was more present, obviously, you know, with my loved ones, my girlfriend, um, and even my family and my coworkers. And so I was like, oh, it made me a better boss, made me more productive at work, um, made me better my workouts. I was like, holy cow, like, you know, most people don't realize how much sleep affects us day to day and, and in the long term. And so I meet the co-founder, we grab coffee the next day, long story short, I ended up spending six, seven hours with them. Um, they're trying to raise money, but you know, this company started in Finland, you know, really big bulky ring at the time. Battery life is only a day. Um, they were, you know, out of money. They pitched 60, 70 VCs. I personally decided to invest, um, put their series A together. I joined the board and about like 30 days after that first board meeting, I think I was spending like 40 hours a week with them instead of my, my regular job. And then they asked me to join. Um, I actually joined first and the board asked me to join. I, I, I joined first as president. And then a year later, I got promoted to CEO. Um, so that that's sort of how the journey started. That's amazing. So you're actually just one of their, like a fan of the product. Yeah. And it actually helped change your life. And then you really, that's how you got it. That's an amazing story, actually. And so... You based what were they doing before? By the way, you said this was not their first product. What no, was Aura no, Health? So, sorry, the the this isn't our you know the ring we have today, the one that you have on. Oh, I you're saying it was the bigger bulkier one? Yes, correct. That that was our first product. Um, oh, okay, got it. Because uh, yeah, so you we were you were touching upon it a little bit earlier because we were we were saying about the fact that I think part of I mean I would say as a as a person who again is is a, is a fan of the product and uses it, what's so good at what's so good about it is that you forget it's there. Like and like most other wearables, you're, you're wearing them on your wrist. The you know your competitor, it's very tight. It's like cumbersome. It's very uncomfortable. I probably shouldn't be saying that, but um, so I, I really I really do like it, it. You kind of forget that you're you're there, and it tracks your data. Can you explain then now, like why why you guys decided to do a ring versus yeah. versus the the other wearable versus like, like a wrist or like an Apple Watch or Fitbit or it, it, exactly yeah. or whoever, yeah. right? Because nobody else is. Re- I've never really. No one else is really doing that. No, a, a ring is hard. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the main reason is um, two things: accuracy and convenience. Um, convenient, we all talked about, right? Like most people actually. It's not just you and me. It's it's most people don't like actually wearing something on their wrist all the time. The wearables, right. you know, do they do have to be tight? The sensor is really tight. It's annoying when you type and you have your hands on on a desk. It's annoying, uh, frankly, if you're trying to sleep with it, right? Um, and I, I think like people just don't like that form factor as much. In fact, a lot of the wrist straps still break. So one of the biggest issues for returns is like uh, wrist straps breaking in the industry. Um, cause, oh. you know, yeah. Um, so customers as a whole, you know, don't, don't love wearing that all the time. And uh, I was joking with you earlier, Kara Swishers has said this, she sort of called yeah. wearables unwearables. She was yeah. like, I would never wear a Fitbit. I would never wear that out on a date. I never wear it to dinner. Like I would, you know, I, if I wear a nice outfit or a dress, like if I'm in the boardroom, that looks hideous. And she's like, 
and it, it's annoying to wear like yeah. you know on a smaller wrist and she's like it just you know it stands out it doesn't blend in with my my fashion so the, the convenience part with aura ring it's titanium it's waterproof um 250 meters so you know if you dive on it, it'll still work just don't <laughs> wow. dive too fast too deep um Luckily, and I don't die very often, so that's I, fine. Me too. Um, <laughs> terrible snore. But um, yeah, I, me too. I, you know, I think that convenience part is is a lot of times overlooked, right? Um, and um, that's something we just hear from our users all the time that we you forget it's even there. The the probably more important part is accuracy. Um, so I think it may mm. it may seem subtle, but if you walk into any hospital or ICU room, like where are they measuring your heart rate and your SpO2 from, from your finger. And yeah. there's, there's oh, yeah. a reason um, why, you know, even those companies that those sensors are, you know, in plugged into the wall, into a power outlet, they're still measuring from the finger. And, and the reason is, so it's not like a battery issue. The reason is that signal quality on the finger, the actual signal strength of your pulse on your finger is about a hundred times stronger than, than your wrist. And, and uh, then the veins on your wrist, where your wristwatch sits. So if you look at the inside of your wrist, you're, you got arteries. Those arteries go to the right. palm of your hand. Your skin is very thin. That pulse signal on your finger, um, right, is 100 times stronger, it turns out, two orders of magnitude than the vein side of the wrist. Right here, you got veins, not arteries, less blood. You know, if you got dark skin like me and hair, um, but you also have a lot more muscle tissue, bone. Um, and so that signal is very, very weak. And so when it comes to things like doing sleep staging, doing illness, you know, some of the stuff we've done during during the pandemic and COVID, women's health, um, uh, if, frankly, any future health features in, in this whole wearable industry, you know, apnea, AFib, blood pressure, whatever it may be, um, the underlying data is just much more accurate. And so that's why we focused on the ring form factor, that, that accuracy and that convenience. Now, um, that's that's really good information. I, I didn't know that. And what I'm curious, because my next question was going to be, how accurate is it compared, you know, how, how much more accurate, but now you just mentioned it. But why are more companies then switching to that? Do you own a patent yeah. on it at a certain point? Or what is the reason why most yeah. people are still doing the, the risks? Um, it's a really good question. Um, uh, we, we do have some IP, but, um, I also think it's just, it's just really hard to do, um, cramming all that technology and all those sensors, you know, into a really, really small form factor is, is super hard. A lot of what you have to do is custom, you know, circuit circuitry work. Um, a lot of this stuff works the way, um, in this industry and the electronics industry as a whole, like the, the old PCs, I don't know if you had like a, Dell or a gateway computer. Yeah, um, I remember that. that. You could yeah. like spec your parts. You could be like, oh, I picked that. Of course. Intel, that, yep. and, oh, I picked that, um, I don't even know, Western or Seagate, Western Digital or Seagate hard drive. I pick that NVIDIA video controller. And so you, you, you know, sort of get this like car where you're assembling the different or this computer, you're assembling yeah. different blocks. So the wearable industry is actually pretty much the same. Oh, you want a heart rate sensor? go to this company. You want a temperature sensor and go to that company. And the way they sort of, you know, ship these, you know, parts is like sort of like an engine block, right? And so um, what ends up happening is you get these preset modules that given the industry started with, you know, the risk-based form factor that the companies make these modules that all these parts for a bigger space. And so in order to do a ring, you have to do a lot more custom hardware that takes so much longer 
um, so much more work, so much more engineering work, so much more research and development and, and patience. And then it's, it's really hard to manufacture. Um, so I think it, it just is those things. And, and frankly, I think a lot of the stuff out there, unfortunately, is gimmicks, right? So it's yeah, like well, most of the people, you know, 10,000 steps was sort of just, you know, um, pulled from out there. It's, it's not, it's even been shown in research studies not to help people lose weight. I, I still think moving as a whole is, is healthy and people should do it. And we do track steps too. Um, but I, I think, um, you know, since a lot of the industry started off on sort of the step trackers, the form factor didn't matter as much. But now as a wearable industry, I call it wearables 1.0 steps to wearables 2.0 health is moving that way. I think accuracy matters so much more. And oh, consumers, a- consumers are waking up to that too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I wear, I wear the Apple watch and I always have this, and this happened with the, remember those Nike bands that were really popular the fuel back band. then? Fuel the fuel band. band. Remember I, those? I, I had one. I, I beat everyone on my fuel points. I put, on my, I put on my neighbor's job. <laughs> yes. I racked up so many. I, w- I would always compete with my friends too. And like people I was with. And like, what's interesting is there is like something to say about the accuracy. Like I know this isn't a hundred percent accurate, right? Because of the fact that it's counting calories when I'm stepping and moving, which I want to ask you about. Cause you just, you just said something about the steps not being accurate, but if I'm doing something like rowing or whatever it else, it's not counting the, my, my exertion as accurately. Right. Yeah. So, but if I walk to round the block, I'm, I'm, I'm burning more calories according to my watch. So, you know, but I think what the, what the, re, I think more than anything, it's, it kind of keeps someone accountable and it keeps them curious and competitive with themselves. Like if I burned a hundred calories today, tomorrow, whatever I'm doing or not, I need to at least make that or at least pass surpass it. Right. So it keeps that it's, it's for that purpose, in my opinion. Um, but what my question is, you were saying something about the importance of steps and the lack of, import- I should say the lack of importance of steps. Can you tell us some stuff about that? Because I think everything now is about the 10,000 steps, 10,000 steps. Yeah. Well, I, I think, look, our, our focus as a wearable really has been sleep and recovery. Um, you know, so I think, you know, we're the first wearable really, you know, when we launched the product right in 2016, Fitbit wasn't doing sleep, you know, our Gen 1 ring, right? Garmin wasn't doing it. Um, you know, Apple still doesn't really do sleep. Um uh, and, uh, you know, others just weren't out there yet. So I think our, our view was like sleep actually uh, is the main focus for us. Um, most of our users, 95% of our users, I forget that it might be 90 or 95% wear the ring all day long. Um, yeah. but what we wanted to really emphasize was sleep and recovery and hence why, you know, the readiness score, we look both at your sleep patterns and your activity patterns and your Heart rate and heart rate variability. We don't get to that yet. I'm going to yeah, ask oh, you about the okay. readiness. Don't, cool. just, also, just say why the steps you said has been proven that actually just counting someone's yeah. steps isn't enough. Just well, curious about that. Yeah, some, I think some of the research out there on the step side has shown that, um, you know, just 10,000 steps doesn't work for everyone. Um, I think there's even been, sh- you know, studies shown that if you, you know, most people as they start to walk more actually feel hungrier and hence eat more. And then totally. they, they actually end up not losing weight. Um, I think the other thing it doesn't account for is like intensity, right? Um, a 20 minute hit workout, you know, every other day can definitely be more beneficial for a lot of people than just walking 10,000 steps. Um, right. I think Dave Asprey talks about that. Like you need enough stimulus and stress, even if mm-hmm. it's not that frequent to sort of trigger a response and a change from your body and your mitochondria and his, you know, is, is an area that he's gone really deep on. And so I think, um, 
you know, it, it's pretty clear that just a 10,000 blanket s- steps, right? 10,000 steps doesn't work for everyone. Health itself, right? There is no like one diet that works for every single person. Or, 100%. You know, it's a yeah. piece of it. It's a piece of it. And that's interesting. I agree with that 10,000 step thing. But like what I was saying a little bit just before is that at least it keeps somebody not just moving, but it keeps them like competitive with themselves. Like if they see themselves doing at least something, then the the next day or whatever, they're going to want to maintain that, right? That accountability aspect. But what you were saying, and obviously, you know, you're focusing on the sleep and recovery, you know, let's talk about that. Because why don't you tell, I mean, I talk about sleep a lot because I think it's so important for someone's like, in terms of success, right? Your cognitive functioning, your alert, being alert, your focus. I mean, having good sleep, it's extremely important at the foundation. Um, besides that though, can you also explain why sleep is so much more, what, like why is sleep so important? And um, well, you can yeah. come, please. Yeah. I, I, I think Matthew Walker probably says it the best. He, he wrote this book called Why We Sleep. It's the best-selling book on sleep out there period. He's, mm-hmm. you know, head of, uh, head of uh, sleep science at Berkeley. Um, and he said, sleep is, you know, the, the world's best legal performance enhancing drug, something, something like that. He said it way better. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I think if you look at sort of any aspect of the human body and health and performance, sleep's really your, your magical drug to get there. So all your muscle repair, right? All your natural growth hormone, how literally your muscles are formed. All of that actually is, is released and happens in your sleep. Um, if you look at, you know, collagen is another example of that, your skin, right? All your collagen, all your skin is rebuilt and repaired in your sleep. Hence the term beauty sleep. Um, if you look at long-term health things like, uh, cancer, your natural killer T cells that fight cancer are all produced and made in your sleep and your your own immune system. It's been shown that people that have lack of sleep actually are twice or three times as likely to pick up, you know, common cold versus someone else. Um, your memory, it's a big one. There's been a direct correlation between lack of sleep and your grades. Um, but I think um, even, even, you know, that's sort of shorter term and how you perform the next day on, on a test. But longer term, I think if you look at some of the things like Alzheimer's, there's been really good groundbreaking research over the last two, three years, uh, reported in a couple different journals, mainly Nature, showing that in deep sleep in particular um, is when your brain, you know, washes away this toxin every night that builds up during the day called beta amyloid or tau. And so that, you know, a lack of sleep and and, and even potentially a lack of specifically deep sleep um, can lead to an early onset of dementia and Alzheimer's. So whether it's how you, you know, remember uh, things long-term, how you perform on a test the next day short-term, how you, you know, your workout goes, Right. Um, and, and frankly, I think we all know this too. Personally, everyone sort of experienced this that even just your own emotions, right? Like your mood, yeah. like you're you're tired, you're grumpier, you're short with people when you when you don't have enough sleep. Oh no, I I agree with you. Uh, and can what and now, now we can talk about where you're you're mentioning it, like the three daily scores that you guys do. You do sleep, you do activity and readiness. Yeah. What, what is readiness? Like, how do you, what is yeah. that? You know, I think um, the, the reason we came up with readiness was to give people a more holistic view at their health and how ready they are to, to tackle and perform, you know, during the day. And that can be, you know, perform. I don't want to think just physical performance, also 
mental, just, just whatever you're trying to get done, whatever, you know, whatever you have to do. Um, so what, what the readiness score actually looks at is both your sleep and activity patterns over the prior day and prior few weeks. And then we look at a couple of physiological signals as well. Um, and those are, what was your resting heart rate compared to your average? When did your resting heart rate, your lowest resting heart rate actually occur during the night? Um, your heart rate variability changes in your temperature um, and also changes in your respiratory rate. So we look at those physiological signals from the prior night, um, and then we look at sort of the both short-term and long-term sleep and activity patterns. And we use all of that to sort of give you an overall score, which we call a readiness score. So whether you're an athlete or whether you're a CEO like Jack Dorsey or Mark Benioff, um, you know, who, you know, use the Aura Ring, um, and both are investors in our company. I was going to say, yeah. aren't they both investors yeah. in your company? It's pretty they, nice they investor are. to have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so um, I think... Um, uh, you know, I think uh, that you use that data and you're able to see like, hey, how much energy do I have today? You know, how on point am I going to, you know, on point am I going to be? Um, hey, today I have a really high readiness. I should really push myself further and harder in that workout. I recovered really well. Today's, you know, the day to try hitting a, a PR. So I think um, not a press release, uh, but a personal yeah. Uh, for <laughs> personal record right yeah. exactly not so uh, not so wide inclined but yeah <laughs> uh no no i i think so then what do you do with all this what is someone to do so they have all this data now like this is yeah. where it becomes a little bit right like so we're like we're we're doing all these things to hack to, to optimize our health and optimize our life right and we get all this data then what like what are yeah. we supposed to do with all the data to really I, I look, so there's two things we focus on in this industry as a company um, that we think consumers ask themselves, is this data accurate? And then what do they do with the data? Right. right? Um, and so I think in terms of what they do, what we created was, th there's a couple things. One, one, actually, you were talking about it. You, you sort of said, hey, you, you look at like your personal, you know, what you normally do, and then you want to exceed it. So I do right. think there's a sense of, you know, this has been said before, but what gets measured gets mastered. So if you start to, you know, see data on yourself and then you start to see like, hey, certain days I did, my data was better. You ask yourself, you reflect right. like, why is that? Oh, well, I slept like crap yesterday. Wait, what did I do? Um, I ate like crap. I had a bunch of alcohol or, you know, I was up till 2 a.m. working or maybe I just had a really stressful day, got in a fight with someone. Um, and you start to realize and put patterns together. And, you know, we found people tell us that just by looking at the data and thinking about my own lifestyle choices every day. I realized that if I work out in the morning, I actually sleep and recover way better than working out in the evening. Mm -hmm. Or, or if, I, if I eat earlier, if, you know, I ha if I have dinner four hours before I go to bed versus just one or two hours, uh, man, my heart rate variability is so much better and I sleep so much better. Um, you know, we, we found people that, that really just are able to, by looking at the data, start to, you know, start to gain their own insights. Now, what we also do is we created something called an insight engine. So every day in the app, along with the three scores, will give you a little bit of guidance um, that's personalized based on your data. And so we start to look at things that are happening in the data and give you a little bit of recommendations you know, every day. We also have actually put together just a really comprehensive blog now called The Pulse and on our website where you can actually go and learn what people have done with the data and things, ways they've actually found and made improvements by looking at it and certain things that you may be able to find. So I think, um, you know, we're doing more and more there as a company. We're still focused on those two things. 
And, um, you know, frankly, I do think, though, what's more interesting about sleep is um, it's more comprehensive than just your workout. Um, And so when people start to look at their sleep data, they actually start to analyze their life and like what really was causing stress, what wasn't. So I think it's it's actually ironically, you know, someone on our team came up with this saying, which is great, like the night is the mirror of your day. Sleep is actually when your body recovers from all the stress of the day, whether it's mental stress, emotional stress, physical stress, right? Dietary stress, whatever it may be. And so by analyzing that data, you actually start to get better insights about how you can do healthier things during the day and what things really work for you and what other things don't. No, I think that's actually super accurate. Um, And you you can just tweak and tweak until... When, and it gives it basically it's so da- there's so much data there and it's also very easy to understand you know i mean the it's very user friendly right like so you don't have to be a tech genius so to speak right to kind of figure out what what kind of what the information is so you can integrate it and apply it and by the way this is not a commercial for you i really do believe this cuz like i said i use so many of these devices just out of curiosity and I've been wearing this for months longer than any other one I've, been wear- I've ever worn. So um, I appreciate that. And, you know, luckily, you know, for a business and a company wise, we've, we've just found out to be the case. Like so many people just tell us that like, I've, this is the longest I've actually ever kept a wearable. It's something that I, you know, I keep using every single day. Um, you know, we, we just see people check it every single morning. It just becomes part of their morning routine. It's part yeah. of your routine. That's exactly. It's very, it's easy to build habits with it. It's very easy to build a routine, a healthy habit. It's very, like I said, it's super user-friendly. Um, well, how much of the market do you have in, in this space? Oof. So um, wearable units as a whole were roughly about 200 million units shipped and, and you know, 2020, um, I think IDC wow. probably puts out the best numbers. And, and the wearable industry is accelerating, actually. Yeah, um, I know. I'm going to ask you about that. Yeah. And so, you know, I think we've publicly said we, we've shipped over half a million. Um, and so I think, you know, we still have a tiny part of the industry. And, and luckily, I think the industry is growing and there's a lot more use cases. And consumers, as they look to manage their own health and understand it, are turning, turning to new technology like this. So did you guys kind of, I, I know that when, uh, with the pan- with COVID hitting, what ha- I think that you guys did you guys really spike because didn't the NBA buy a ton of like, yeah. thousands of different of, yeah. of of pieces of of aura rings because of the temperature piece, correct? Exactly. Yeah. So we're yeah. we're actually one of the only wearables you know to have temperature sensors in there since day one. Even since you know 2015 generation one aura ring, we've had three temperature sensors in in, in the ring. Um, so yeah, what. You know, during you know when COVID hit, um, we you know we were asking ourselves like every other person and, and company was asking themselves how can we help, and um, frankly you know the the readiness score right um, what we found right. is every single year users reach out to us during flu season they'll be like I thought my data was wrong because my readiness score just dropped and then a day or two later I, I was sick um, like we've heard this literally since. 2016, every flu season, um, thousands of people email us and write to us. Um, and, you know, it turns out because what do you know, you know, we're one of the only wearables that, you know, tracks temperature, Fitbit, Apple, you know, Garmin, Whoop, none of those devices track temperature, again, because you're on the finger. So we sort of right. notice, right, when you go outside and it's cold, your fingers and your toes get cold first. So it turns out that your extremities are a really good way to see what's happening with your core body temperature. 
um, which is your, your body sort of releases um, and controls your heat, um, right? Through your extremities, right. right? Through your head, fingers, and toes. Um, and so I think um, that's something that we've just known and um, we've seen it in so much user data. And so we just felt like that means so much more during COVID, during the pandemic when it's starting to hit. So we were the first wearable to actually partner with a research institution globally. Um, you know, when, when COVID hit, so in early March, um, we actually, you know, worked with UCSF to launch a study called TempPredict. Um, in the beginning, we were, you know, we actually donated 2,000 rings to frontline healthcare workers at many different hospitals, UCSF included, oh, um, and amazing. actually got the rings on people who were, you know, in, in the COVID wars right on the front lines, mainly because they wanted to, obviously, they're worried about, you know, being in a hospital with so many people right. that have COVID. Um, so we thought that would be a good way to help the community and also obviously collect potentially very valuable data and, and, and research that could help us predict future pandemics. Um, but then um, we decided to open up to our whole audience. So we opened it up, uh, the Tempered study to anyone who had an aura ring at that time. And, you know, we had over 70,000 people enroll. And then UCSF published their first early findings, you know, in December, even though the study was started in March, and they have a second set of findings coming. And wh what they showed was that um, certain signals in the aura ring are actually changing significantly up to three days before people report symptoms. So in the app, there was, you know, we track all the aura ring data, but we were also right. tracking symptom data. And then if you did say you were feeling like you were getting sick, UCSF and part of the protocol sent COVID tests. Um, and what ended up resulting was a fascinating data set and the best that, you know, really any wearables look during COVID. And so I think, you know, the NBA, they were trying to figure out how to reopen during the bubble. Mm -hmm. um, they had heard about that research study and they actually had talked to many different researchers um, and they were just blown away by the early results. And so they, they wanted to, as they, you know, had the bubble in Orlando last year. Um, they got rings to, you know, players, but but also even more importantly, staff, right? Because there's right. You know, people working, the staff, there's over 2,000 people there. And there's only 450, you know, pro NBA players. I forgot, I think it was like 23 of the 28 teams in the bubble, something like that. Um, so, you know, but then, uh, you know, we also partnered with the WNBA um, right after that when their bubble started. And then UFC, NASCAR. Red Bull Racing, a couple of baseball teams, Seattle Mariners, you know, was one that was public, um, a bunch of NFL teams, you know, which we haven't, you know, have been private. But uh, um, I think, you know, what and, and Las Vegas Sands um, and a couple, you know, frontline casino workers were getting back out there when they're trying to reopen Vegas. And it's it's been remarkable to hear. I mean, honestly, the stuff that really moves us internally is, you know, when people tell us like, hey, found out I was getting sick, I was able to actually get a, you know, test even though I didn't feel sick, um, figure out that I was positive and stop the spread. Um, you know, we had a user uh, reach out to us that was like, I was going to go see my dad and he's immune compromised during the holidays. And he was like, you know, all of a sudden my readiness score dropped down to like 50s. And he was like, I, I didn't feel sick, but I was like, you know what? I'd heard about the research. I'm going to go get a COVID test. Found out he was positive and, you know, put off his trip till New Year's to see his family after he'd recovered. Um, so I just think it's, you know, that was, that was so cool for us as a company to see. And I still think there's a lot more that we can do in that area, uh, not just COVID it's, it's any influenza like illness. So I think, um, every flu season, you know, it's, it, it spreads mainly in the workplace. And so hopefully that's something not just for a regular flu season, but even the next pandemic that we can even help more with. No, absolutely. So how much did your business grow just from the pandemic alone? 
You know, we we've said we've doubled every year since inception. So since 2015, you know, we've been we've been growing, you know, more than doubling every single year. So uh, we haven't commented publicly on like exact growth rates. Um, but, you know, I think for us, the whole wearable industry accelerated. I think if you look at like some of the numbers out there, it sort of went from like 10, 15 percent growth to like 20 plus percent growth. Um, obviously, we're a smaller company growing faster than the industry. But yeah, you know, luckily we were able to act really quickly as our team, uh, you know, to put a lot of like pretty cool research and science effort. And then also, frankly, software efforts. We, we introduced a feature in the app called rest mode now. So if it looks like you're coming down with something, we'll actually send you a message that looks like, hey, it looks like, um, you know, you're, you're, you know, looks like you may be getting sick and, it, you know, it, you should try to rest today and you want to turn on rest mode. And what happens is um, if you do that, you know, we get rid of all the activity scores and things like that and try to give you messaging more focused on um, if you're, you know, that helping you rest and recovering guidance around that. Wow. So you're constantly just updating the software to be bet- to be to be better, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I was going to ask you, um, because now, like we were saying, it's such a massive business, right? Like there's like everybody's doing it. Facebook, Google, isn't Amazon getting into it? Yeah. These are like trillion dollar companies. Uh, how do you how do you um, plan? And I know you don't want to tell me all the secrets here, but uh, maybe one secret would be, okay, how do you guys like, tr- how are you guys going to stay competitive and kind of, yeah, in, in a market that's so growing yeah. and everyone's like putting, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're all kind of jumping in the ring. So, yeah. so, you know, excuse the pot. No, look, it's, um, first of all, I'd say a rising tide lifts all boats, right? Right. Um, so I think it's, it's a growing industry. You know, it's, it's really unfortunate, but consumer health as we know it, right? There's more BC than ever. There's more depression than ever. There's more insomnia than ever. There's more apnea than ever. So consumers are looking for answers. So, you know, I think that is for all companies in health and wellness, right? There's, right. there's obviously like underlying good positive momentum with that consumer demand. Um, I think the, the second thing is really just focusing on those two things I mentioned, right? Both, you know, is this data accurate? And then what do you do with it? Right. I think being the first wearable, you know, consumer wearable really, you know, focused on sleep, um, you know, there's more people now that understand that than ever on how important this is. Right. Whether it's Chris right. Paul in the NBA playoffs, who's wearing an aura ring to Prince right. Harry. Right. Um, yeah. uh, to, to, you know, Jack Dorsey, whoever it may be. So um, I think um, I, I think like just that importance of sleep is, is a really good tailwind as well. But I think that accuracy piece is going to matter more. As more and more features come out in this space that are more focused on health, I think, um, you know, versus just steps, I think, you know, consumers are really going to want the best and most accurate thing because this technology is new. It does have shortfalls too. And so I think focusing on, you know, creating the most accurate wearable and then also more and more personalized insights um, and information that's usable for the consumer. I think, you know, if we do those two things well, I, I think we can at least have 1% of the market, if not, if not a lot more. Yeah, no, absolutely. So then, so basically then, um, you know, I know you guys just raised what, a couple months ago, maybe a month ago, another yeah. hundred million dollars. Um, so what do you plan on doing with that money? What are you going to put it into? Um, <laughs> I want to know all the trade secrets. Uh, uh, a plane? No, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> um, uh, No, I mean, look, we're, we're hiring people, you know, Things don't make themselves. Things don't make things. It's people that make things. And so I just think building and hiring the right team. 
um, everyone from research scientists to data scientists to hardware engineers to software engineers to you know people that can make really compelling content that know how to explain sort of you know the the health you know what is heart rate variability how do you break that down to the average consumer how can you make that more you know relatable and relevant uh, and understandable to to an audience so I think we're we're just hiring across all functions. Um, and, uh, that's, that's probably, you know, most of that, that fundraising will go into building the team. And then, so also uh, I have another question. Uh, well, I know we're going to probably wrap it up soon because I know you have another, uh, meeting or interview to get to. Um, but then in terms of the company, it's called Aura Health. Are you guys, are you going to stick with the ring or are you going to be kind of expanding into other products or? Yeah, uh, it's a good question. I mean, I think, you know, the bigger picture obviously is health, right? With, with better mm-hmm. health, right? You're going to have a better life and be a better version of yourself, right? No matter what right. your, your focus is or what your why is. Um, I, I think we, we wanted to keep that health side there to realize like it's, it's the focus on health, right? Um, as a company and, and the ring just happens to be the best form factor for us now, but we're, we're also not limiting ourselves. So, you know, maybe in five or 10 years, everyone wants these things implanted, you know, implantables, right? Or yeah, Elon right. Musk is saying a chip in your brain. We you know, don't think right. that time is here yet. Um, but I think Getting close. Yeah, ultimately, <laughs> I think our, our focus is on health. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I, and like I said, I, I am a big fan of it. And like I, you see, I'm, I'm wearing it. Uh, so how do people like find out more about it? You said you have like a you have a letter a newsletter, it's called the pulse or like a blog, a blog yeah, a blog yeah. and an email. Um, but it, you can go to all of that and just see it on our website, just uh, aura ring.com. That's O-U-R-A, um, R-I-N-G.com. I, I should also say, so basically besides the hardware costs, like what's it about 300 bucks to 300? Yeah. $300, 299 to 399, depending on the finish. And we do have like a matte black and a, and a gold version of the ring that we charge 399 for. You do. And then besides that, what are the other costs there? Are, are you going to like, that's the thing. Like how, is it just the hardware? Cause you're not charging. Just the hardware. For- yeah. yeah. Um, everyone wants us to, they're like, shouldn't you charge me more? But um, no, I think. <laughs> Um, is there like a monthly subscription model no, no coming or subscription? Um, you know, I think for, for us, you know, we, we want to make sure that consumers are understanding relative value. I think some of the other stuff out there now that, you know, if you pay $30 a month and you do that for 24 months, it's like, you know, 700, you know, 20 bucks, it's a lot. So I think, um, you know, the Apple watch still is $400. I think a lot of the Garmin devices are more than that. And so I think we, we felt like 300 is, is sort of, you know, we've, spent a lot more money on R&D. You know, a lot of this stuff is, is pretty custom. A lot of the research we do is, you know, does cost real money. Um, and so I think, you know, we felt like $300 is uh, um, the right price point where the market's at and for the value that we're delivering. So no, no consumer subscription. Um, Necessary. Yeah. Right. Well, I have one more, one more question. I see I have like a few more minutes, you know, so in my, on my Apple watch, why I like it is because like I can press like indoor running and I can yeah. do rowing and whatever else. I mean, even though it may not be, you know, as accurate, of course, as your stuff, but at least it gives me like a, 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 a you know, a benchmark. Totally. So, are you guys going to be able to get into that stuff more yeah. where then I can like run and I don't have to be wearing this and wearing that and doing all that? A hundred percent. So we, we actually, a couple things, if you do um, use another device or app or, you know, um, we, we actually pulled data from HealthKit and Google Fit. 
So, okay. you know, if you Apple HealthKit and, and Google Fit, so if you actually do a workout on something else, we'll actually import that data automatically if you, you know, give access to it. The other thing we just introduced is something really cool feature that our team, you know, I think thought of really well called automatic activity detection. Um, and so what happens now is um, if you tag something in the Aura Ring, um, we actually, after a couple of times, if you tag a certain type of workout, like you did rowing, we'll actually start to automatically recognize it and add it, um, you know, mm. to, to, to your data next time. So, um, and now we're even starting to prompt users and ask them, like, did you just do this? So I know during the snow season this year, there was a couple of people that are like, oh my God, I just went snowboarding. My Aura Ring just asked me, were you just snowboarding? Um, so I think we're, we're making that stuff a lot easier. And I think activity, you know, again, getting back to the name Aura Health, as you pointed, we started in sleep. But I think, you know, we're going to come full circle on on all of your health. And then how do you sleep? Because you're the CEO of a very, you know, an emerging growing company. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, the irony always is like, you're probably like sleep terribly. You know what I mean? Like, how, yeah, how do yeah. you sleep um, now, that, so, now that you are the CEO? Yeah, no, I um, but the last few weeks have been pretty good. You know, I think like anything in life, it changes, right? So. I think last last week I probably averaged. Um, I, I can I can actually tell you I can look in the data here and pull it up. But I think my weekly trend last week was average readiness score of eighty seven, which is pretty, well, that's good, pretty good. I yeah. mind. Um, you know, my sleep scores were probably closer into eighties today. Today's a, you know uh, I had a seventy eight readiness and a seventy two sleep last night. But frankly, here, here's how I use the product. Um, all right, I slept poorly last night. I was up late doing work. Um, right. uh, you know, I had a lot to get done and I was working until 11 PM. Um, and so what am I going to do tonight? Like I'm already planning to wind down a lot earlier and catch up on it. Um, and so I think, you know, for me, it's like, just like everything in life, it ebbs and flows, it changes, your life is going to, you know, keep changing day to day, week to week. Um, you know, right now we have some pretty cool stuff that I'm excited about, uh, that, you know, spend a little bit more time. Do you want to tell me? Yeah, I, I wish I mean, I I'm all ears. I'm, I, that's why you're here. I want to hear no. something that you haven't said a hundred times before. Except give oh, me one thing. Uh, I actually, all right. Really, give me some breaking news. Yeah, yeah really overlooked thing. Super cool. Um, so women's health. We think women's health is going to be a big new area for wearables and specifically us because we, we measure temperature. We put out uh, a study with a researcher at Berkeley in December. And most people, you know, we haven't done a lot of press on this yet. Um, and we're, we're, you know, working on a feature. But what we showed is um, this researcher showed at Berkeley, uh, Dr. Grant, that um, you could um, you could actually see a woman's LH surge, luteinizing hormone surge, one of the key hormones, um, with sort of like 90% plus, you know, R squared or accuracy, um, even a day or two before, you know, uh, uh, she was using both saliva and a urine test for LH and that. And so I think if you think about that application, part of the problem in, you know, that fertile period, by the time these tests tell you they're sort of like, you know, urine test or saliva test, um, yeah. it's, you actually miss, you know, about a third or half of the fertile window. Window, And so I think for us being able to see some of that stuff in advance can be super helpful in the future. Um, so that I think women, is. Yeah, women's health is a really cool area. Um, and, you know, the research study did come out, so it's public, you know, we'll, we'll link it, we'll, we'll shoot you the link. And, and I think there's a lot there that, you know, uh, can be really exciting for, for us and for customers. And, you know, I think that the cool thing about that, it could be everything from understanding when you're pregnant. We just launched a pregnancy study in the app with UCSD about a month ago. 
Um, and so I think that looks really interesting, the data that happens when you find out you're pregnant. And same thing, people are finding out from the Oura Ring data before uh, 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 a saliva or urine test. Um, uh, wow. And so I think um, the other one is obviously your period, right? I think um, there could be some pretty cool applications where we actually, you know, inform users just like we did with illness, right? Like, hey, um, you know, your data is changing. You know, this could be one of the reasons why. I think, um, you know, I, I think there's some pretty cool stuff there that we can do. So yeah, that's, that's kind something. of groundbreaking. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, so I think we're pretty excited about a lot more to do. And I think you'll see a lot more coming from us uh, in our app on that as well. This is so exciting. My gosh, you guys are doing so many great things. It's amazing. Um, appreciate it again. It's, it's a team. So it, it takes a village, as they say. And, and thankfully, we have an awesome team. How many employees do you guys have now? I think 300. I think we probably just hit 300 um, this week or last week. Wow. And where where's your main, where's the head office? So we, uh, yeah, uh, San Francisco is where we have most of our U.S. employees. Mm. But, you know, we did go um, remote during COVID. Um, right. And half of our team is is actually still in Finland. So we've been growing our offices in Finland. We have two locations there. Um, Helsinki and then also northern Finland, a uh, city called Olu. But um a decent bit, you know, I'd say half the teams in the U.S., half the teams in Finland, um, a decent bit now in uh, San Francisco. But we've also, you know, I think we we have started to realize that like more offices, you know, making it sort of optional to come back to a physical office or how many times you have to. So we now have people in New York and Boston and um, Texas, like all over the place, San Diego. So I think, um, you know, I think luckily, you know, we're we're just growing through through the pandemic, which, you know, recruiting and all that and, you know, onboarding people virtually, you know, has definitely been a thing we've had to learn. No, absolutely. I mean, listen, I, I, I really ha I'm really happy you came on this podcast. I, I don't want to keep you. I know you got to run, but um, I actually learned some very valuable things that I, I didn't even know. I didn't know about the fact that you could put it's much more accurate on your, your finger and versus your wrist. And now I'm just shocked that most people, more people are not doing it. But um, oh, just in t what is the percentage of accuracy you said? Like, so when I'm reading data or anybody or anybody's yeah. reading the data from you, what's the percentage of accuracy? Yeah, we, we put out data on this on the pulse on our on our uh, website and also in third party independent academic research. Um, that's actually the meeting I'm late for right now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, uh, <laughs> right. No, all, all good. Um, but uh, I think we were the only consumer wearable that's shown even our heart rate and heart rate variability overnight is 99 to 98% correlated to an EKG. Sleep staging, we were actually one of the first wearables um, to put out uh, independent sleep study. Um, that was done back on our Gen 1 ring. Our Gen 2 ring, I think you'll see some exciting stuff coming on that, um, on the accuracy there. So can't talk about it yet, but I think it'll be out there soon. Um, the women's health side, you know, I think we talked about, you know, um, that paper is public. You know, that, that paper indicated that, like, looks like there's 90% um, type accuracy on being able to see, you know, in this case, I think it was LH that they were looking at illness. You know, yeah. I think we, there's some really good data out there showing that, you know, um, essentially it was like 76% of the participants were able to see that signals and changes in their data three days before they felt symptoms, but it was actually 90% of people were able to see it at least a day before they felt symptoms, amazing. Um, which is, uh, which is pretty shocking. So I think all this stuff we're trying to validate and put out there for consumers. So we're, you know, we're, again, we, the whole reason we chose the rank form factor was accuracy. And so, you know, it, it does take time. It does take, uh, you know, a village, as I say, to to work with the community and independent researchers and academics to get that stuff out there. And we're going to keep doing more and more of it. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I didn't ask you a chunk of little, another chunk of questions, but that's okay. I'll, you'll have to, now you'll have to come back and um, and we'll go over those another time because I know you've got to run and I appreciate you like being um, polite about the fact that you're in a rush. Oh, all good. I, 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 I try to be polite, but I just feel like I'm being rude. You know, you, yeah, I want you go, go, go. Can people find you? Do you do anything? If people have a question for you? Um, I, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, so <laughs> that's probably the place I'm most active. Perfect. Um, yeah. So I just Harpreet Rye, um, sing actually my middle name's there too. Sing S I N G H. I think on LinkedIn. I got to I gotta check, but I'm sure it is. You know, we we have a hashtag aura ring on Instagram. Um, we have an awesome CX team that you know gets to people's questions and answers there pretty fast. We also have the website, and if you you know send in an email or question, um, our team will get back to people. We do it. We do thousands of those every day. Perfect. Well, go go. I don't want you to be any more any later. So I appreciate cool. you. I appreciate your time. Uh, have, a, have a great day. Thanks so much, Jennifer. Look forward to connecting again. Habits and hustle, time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind, don't stop, keep it going. Habits and hustle from nothing into something. All out, hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries, tune in, you can get to know them. Be inspired, this is your moment. Excuses, we ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle Podcast, powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.